Welcome to Backroom Talk. So we put out a Instagram post, this is why I'm thinking Lincoln Bio, Carl, uh, and we asked the question to our community, the best fitness coaching advice I ever received was blank. And we wanted uh, people to respond back and let us know what their best advice uh, that they'd ever received was. We got a ton of really good responses, so we just wanted to roll through a couple of them. Discipline over motivation. Um, I do agree with this advice, but I think it's beneficial to add context. Don't neglect your rest days and more is not better, which is some very common advice. Like I see that thrown out a fair amount um, on social media in the fitness space as like solid advice. I just think it depends on the person. To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk. I am Georgia here with Carl. Carl, how's it how's it going? Uh pretty pretty good. It's a Wednesday. It's uh it's warm here in Arizona. Well, that should be a given, but it's very, very warm. It's actually warm in a lot of places right now, at least in this country. It sure is. I think we is. have a massive heat wave going across the country. Uh back in the Midwest where I'm from, it was like over hundred degrees yesterday. Well, let's talk about more exciting things other than the weather. Uh, I know you've been in But the... I'm so old. Like, I love, <laughs> what else do we talk about? I love about, talking right? about the weather. I do as well. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but uh, it makes me a little bit depressed to think about getting hit in the face by 105 degrees when I walk outside. So let's talk about something more exciting, which is you've got 60P cohort going on at the moment. I know you guys have been uh, doing the weekly like implementation calls mm -hmm. uh, with those coaches. H how's that been? Uh, it's going well. I mean... Every uh, every cohort, it's a little bit different, um, obviously, because you have a bunch of different coaches that you're you're speaking to and um, that are implementing the method, and they have different questions and different uh, insights and um, experiences and so on and so forth. But uh, going really well, uh, you know. And this might just be, I don't know if I don't know if people are evolving. <laughs> I have no idea, but it seems like we get uh, better and better engaged coaches uh, on a cohort to cohort basis, um, and. We're getting, yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing a weird trend right now where, you know, two years ago, we saw a lot of people coming into fitness from other industries. And, uh, right now we're seeing a mixture of like a bunch of, let's call them OG coaches that have been doing this thing for a decade plus, And, uh, they're just looking for another way of, of implementing what they already know. And then we're, we're getting a, a decent amount of people that are like newbie, net new coaches. Um, and the, the, the cool thing I'm seeing right now is those newbie net new coaches are like hanging with the, 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 the coaches that have been doing this for a really long period of time. And maybe it's because CCP is so good and it, it, it arms them, uh, with the knowledge to hang with them or just like the engagement or, um, how connected they are to to actually becoming a professional coach. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that right now. But uh, yeah, we, we have our final final call next week for this cohort. Is it the April cohort? This is the April cohort. Wow, yeah. yeah, we're going into July next month. Yeah, so final call for the April cohort next week. And uh, yeah, just a lot of fun jamming out with coaches on a weekly basis and, uh, you know, doing some program design and lifestyle design and having some really good conversation back and forth. Yeah, I mean, we get to have these conversations like in these four walls amongst the two of us, uh, you know, with James, with other people in the building. But any opportunity we get to actually engage with the community and talk with coaches outside of, you know, OPEX headquarters, I think is like so cool and special. And that's really the theme of today's episode. We're going to jam a little bit on an Instagram post we got, we put out and some feedback we, uh, we got on that. We want to highlight some of the answers that came in. Uh, but really just uh, grateful that 
it's not just us. There are other coaches out there that we get to chat with, whether that is through the cohort calls, whether that is through things like uh, Instagram. And it's kind of like weird, right? We have these conversations with the podcast. We built like a really awesome subscriber base. I'm really proud of what we built with Backroom Talk Call. Um, we got so many coaches tuning in on a regular basis. I just wish we could like actually speak with those coaches <laughs> instead of just talking at them. Yeah, maybe one day we'll do like a a call in or something like that where we like old school it's like that yeah, we have the, not even on zoom it's just like we have people on the phone i just like put my phone on speaker and we're all just uh you know communicating back and forth there i don't know yeah if you guys are interested in that let us know but we did want to say thank you to the people that do download the podcast every week and actually offer you guys something we haven't done before for our july ccp cohort so we're in the process of wrapping up enrollment for that i know we do have a few sets of textbooks left and that is actually to offer you guys 500 bucks off uh, that cohort. Bucks means dollars for those that don't know what bucks means. I was like, what's a box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my accent. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got it the first time, but when you said box me- or bucks means, I was like, what does a box mean? But yeah, gotcha. $500 off. Yeah, yeah. So big discount there, guys. Um, No strings attached or anything like that. All you need to do is just make sure you apply to CCP. We'll pop a link in the description for you to be able to do that. And just mention you're a Backroom Talk listener when you jump on the call with your coaching advisor and they'll give you that discount off uh, the price of CCP, whether you pay upfront or whether you go for a payment plan. So big discount of 500 off for that July cohort to say thank you to our Backroom Talk listeners. We do need you guys to make sure that you go ahead and apply before the end of the month though or you are going to miss out on that. So uh, I think this episode goes out, it'll be next Wednesday, so like the 22nd or so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so you guys will have about a week to actually get in uh, and, and get your application lodged. Um, so And we're trying some new things in the July cohort as yeah. well. So we're going to uh, we're gonna make that cohort um, let's call it a hundred percent more, uh, engaged and, uh, add a lot more implementation and stuff like that. So would definitely love to see you guys in that cohort. And, um, you know, let's not also forget it's, it's a, it's a weird time right now, uh, economically for a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are like on the fence, if I want to spend money here or spend money there. And, um, you know, I know we didn't really talk about this. We're just like, we want people, we want our listeners to have an opportunity to uh, join us in the cohort. But, um, you know, even if you're listening and, you know, you were planning on doing this thing anyway, I hope that it's, uh, it's beneficial just to get $500 off of CCP, uh, just based on where we are, um, in economics right now around the entire world. Definitely. So guys, all you need to do there to uh, join some live backroom talk with Carl on the uh, CCP cohort calls is click the link in bio or not bio. That's an Instagram thing. Click the link in the (laughs) description and uh, go ahead and apply for CCP. Make sure you do that before the end of June so we can give you that discount. And uh, we'd love to see you on those calls. But if you're just like listening on a podcast, you'd have to go to YouTube to do it, right? There should be a link still available in the description. Yeah. I I don't know these things i need to get with it and worst case guys if you can't find the link in the description which i promise will be there just head to opexfit.com click on ccp and uh you can apply easy done awesome see you guys there yeah so uh let's let's transition into our conversation so we put out a instagram post this is why i'm thinking link in bio carl uh and we asked the question to our community the best fitness coaching advice i ever received was blank and we wanted uh people to respond back and let us know what their best advice uh, that they'd ever received was. We got a ton of really good responses. So we just wanted to roll through a couple of them and share our thoughts. Um, Maybe there's some things we have slightly different perspective on and just highlight a few of those things that came in. So Carl, what was the first one that really stood out for you? 
Yeah, the first one, uh, reading through those was, um, and this one is something that we've heard a lot, but I just wanted to to point this out and, and uh, look at it from a different perspective. And it was, uh, it was just simply discipline over motivation. Um, I do agree with this advice, but I think it's beneficial to add context. Um, so when considering considering this advice when it comes to, you know, health and, and exercise and, and fitness and adhering to a nutrition program and all that, because that's what I think most people think about when they're like, oh, I'm ultra motivated, so I'm going to do this thing. Or I'm going to take this action for a month, and then I lose motivation and I stop doing it. So I think what this person meant here was you have to have discipline, right? You can't just count on motivation. Um, but we have to think about what actually influences our behaviors, right? Because behaviors are what we do on a daily basis, whether we're motivated to do something or if we have the discipline to do that thing, we have to think about what influences behavior. And I just wanted to point out three things um, that I feel um, leads to us doing something or not. Number one, it would be desire. So do we have the want to actually do that thing? Like we have to, we have to, we have to have the want to do something to do it. Right. So when looking at behavior, no matter if it's if it comes from motivation or discipline, uh, we have to want to do something. So desire would be number one. Number two would be emotion. Emotion influences a lot of what we do. Um, and it, it, it kind of puts in perspective why we do some things. Um, so sometimes that's positive. Uh, we have some really positive emotions and we're motivated to do a thing uh, because of those positive uh, emotions. Or sometimes we're like really down and low or in more of that depressive state. So, you know, I'm not going to go to the gym today because I don't feel really good. Or I'm not going to eat this thing that I know is really good for my body because I, I don't feel really good. And this other thing that is less good for my body but gives me like some dopamine improves my emotions, right? So I think we need to think about emotion as well. And then finally, knowledge. Um, you know, you, you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know, right? Um, ignorance is bliss. Like all those things, right, where it's like when we, when we know something, uh, we're more apt to be motivated to do it. We're more apt to – because there's, like there's like a why behind it. There's a reason behind it. Um, a, a good example of this, I think, is just, you know, you go back home, Georgia, and you, you, you see a family member, and I don't know if this is the case for your family, but you see a family member like drinking a Coke or something like that. And you're just like, in your brain, you're like, why would you do that? Or you see a family member smoking a cigarette and you're like, why would you do that? Because you have all of this knowledge of why a human shouldn't do that thing when it comes to like their health and their fitness and their well-being. But because that person doesn't actually know those things, like they just go forward with that behavior because they don't have the knowledge base. So when looking at this, uh, motivation is is wrapped inside of discipline. Um, you must build behaviors uh, to spit discipline out the other side, right? So like, I guess what I'm trying to say in this is motivation and discipline are actually a part of each other, right? Like you yeah. have to be motivated to be disciplined, right? And you have to be disciplined to continue to do the things that you're, that motivate you. Right. So I think if we just look at those three things, the desire, uh, the knowledge and understand and assess your emotions on a day by day basis, or if you're trying to like change something or build a habit or you want to become more disciplined in something, I think you just need to really look at it and not not like separate the, the motivations and the disciplines behind things because I just think they're the same. Yeah, I'll, I'll add one more thing there. And I think both of those, both discipline and motivation actually sit inside of environment. Like your ability to be disciplined or your ability to be motivated are so highly driven by the environment that you're in. Mm -hmm. Just think about like 
if you're you've decided that you don't want to eat sugar but then you live in a house that has ice cream in the freezer and cookies in the pantry and like you know honey on the table by your breakfast what are your chances of not eating sugar compared to someone that doesn't have those things yeah right uh I think that discipline becomes much easier when you create an environment where the behavior you don't want to take actually isn't a choice and mm-hmm. it's much harder. So it's it's probably a different thought, right? Yep. But um, I think even greater than discipline and motivation <laughs> is the environment that you're existing within. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, even on the, the environment, even, even keeping that, I don't know, if we were to like build out like a if we were to build out like a, a visual of this where like someone is on like a discipline continuum and if someone is just not a disciplined human, right? It's like they just sit like way on the, at the beginning there. It's like that's someone where I'm like, okay, we really need to focus on environment because you don't really have discipline because, you know, you're not in touch with your emotions. Um, there's no real desire to be disciplined and you don't have enough knowledge yet, right? As to why doing that thing, eating that sugar not to like demonize sugar, but just based on that example, why eating that sugar is bad for you or your goals, right? So for that person, it's like, okay, let's put them, let's wrap them in an environment where they'll more likely be successful. And then as we start to go up on that discipline continuum, I actually don't think environment matters. That's Once someone like gets there, right? Um, Like, let's say you were in an environment where a bunch of people were smoking cigarettes outside, you wouldn't start smoking cigarettes, right? why right you have no desire to do it uh the knowledge behind why you wouldn't do it is like (laughs) implanted into your brain um and there's nothing like emotionally there's no emotional uh, connection to smoking cigarettes right like you get some people who are like i'm really stressed out i need to have a cigarette like when you when you think about you know i'm really stressed out you probably don't think i need to go have a cigarette you probably want to like go beat people up in uh, jujitsu or something (laughs) um but yeah, I, th- I do think that's a good point environment, but I think it's it's uh, it's important when you're on the left side of that continuum and then it gets less and less important important as you get to the right side of that continuum. For sure. Well, I uh, my first comment that I quite liked that came in on our post was decide what you want to earn, how many clients you can handle and charge that rate from the get-go, then exceed that value in your service. So this person is talking more about like the best coaching advice they've received as it has affected their coaching career. Uh, we talk about this a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talk about the idea that um, a professional coach and to be a great coach, it's not just about being a coach, it's about actually getting results for your clients and delivering a ton of value. And the idea that you um, perceive that value is really important as well. Like it's on our door, right? Raise Mm -hmm. the value of fitness coaches. It's obviously something we care about. The little caveat to this one that I think we always need to uh, acknowledge is that you got to be worth that value, right, mm-hmm. though? Uh, and there are definitely coaches at the front end of their career who are less valuable than they will be in five years or 10 years. And that is just the reality of the job. So um, I don't want to disagree with what this guy has put out there. I think there's, again, a ton of value in that. It's just we have to always be mindful of our competency if whether or not we have an actual track record of getting people results, whether or not uh, the market is ready for that kind of a rate when we're deciding how to set set our prices and things like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, we had a we had a good conversation. Um, I was trying to pull it up really quick, but I don't have time. Uh, we had a good conversation um, a couple months ago on a, on a gym's call, a monthly gym's business call, and we talked about value. And I just wanted to throw some ideas um, out there and like try to build like an equation that could like uh, equal what your value is. Um, And, you know, a lot of what was inside of that uh, best advice 
is actually inside of that, right? It's like inside of our value is like, uh, I think the very first thing that's inside of our value is our belief in our value, right? So um, imagine us speaking to a bunch of coaches and saying, you're worth $400 a month. You're worth four. And they're like, they change their price to $400 a month, but in their brains, they're not actually worth $400 a month, right? And then in conversation and in sales consultations, um, they're really uncomfortable trying to sell $400 a month. Or when they have a, an existing client that they're trying to retain at the end of a contract, complain that they just can't afford it anymore. And in the back of their brains, they're like, I know I'm not worth 400 anyway, so I'm going to go down to 300 for this person, right? So the, f the very first thing in that equation, in my opinion, is you have to believe in your value, right? But even before that, it's like you have to believe in what the hell you're doing, right? So it's like there's a bunch of ways to coach people out there, right? Um, if you don't truly believe in what you're doing, everything to the right of that is moot. It doesn't mean anything when it comes to like, understanding and being confident and portraying that confidence to the public or to the market in terms of what your value is. So um, I wouldn't even go any further to the right, right of that. Um, you have to be an OPEX gym to, to get inside of that conversation, but um, it would be um, really, really believe in what you're doing as a service offering. And then next is be really, really confident in your self-perceived value, right? And maybe, maybe you need to have a conversation with someone to be convinced that you're worth a little bit more. Uh, but make sure that if you do get to charging more, that you're actually convinced that you're worth that. And don't just do it because someone says you're worth $400. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I hope some newer coaches who maybe are lacking a little bit of confidence, but actually have incredible value to offer people read that comment or hear that, hear that comment and uh, take that to heart. Yeah. And allow your value to grow over time, right? Like if you really, really in your heart of hearts believe that, and I'm throwing arbitrary numbers out there right now, but if you believe that your value is $200 per month, don't don't read something that says it should be 400 and make it 400, right? Work and live with $200 a month for a while, right? And then when you build confidence in your value, self-perceived and your clients are telling you that your value is higher, then consider going up to 300 and then 400. Um, something really interesting that um, Sean McCullough from OPEX Baltimore um, said, said to me, uh, gosh, it was probably, I think it was around that, that business call. It was a couple months ago. He was like, uh, I have clients telling me that I should be charging $800 a month. Like $500 a month is way too cheap for what we do here. Um, and I was just like, yes, like let other people hear that. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's something that other coaches, uh, it's, it's beneficial for other coaches to hear. Um, like that's, I think that's something to, to strive toward, right? For your clients to tell you that your value is, is really high, maybe not higher than what it is like this situation, but for your clients to be the ones that are like, what you give is just so valuable to me because of X, Y, and Z. Um, so yeah, value is an interesting conversation. I don't think there's a cookie cutter way for uh, us or anyone else to say your value is this. I think there's a lot of things that go inside of that equation. Definitely. Gosh. And I think if most fitness coaches value fitness and coaching and experiences in the, in the past that they have had with fitness, it's why they've decided to be a fitness coach. And if they were to sit back and reflect on what they were paying in the past for a trainer or for, you know, what a gym membership or whatever it might've been, I bet that a lot of those coaches would say, yeah, I would have paid double mm -hmm. because I had such an incredible experience and it was so transformative for you. So how can you be that person for someone else, mm -hmm. right? How can you see that in yourself and be able to have other people have that same experience that you had through fitness where they love it so much they want to make a career out of it? Yeah, definitely. 
All right. What was uh, the next piece of advice you loved, Carl? Uh, next one that stood out to me was you're never experienced enough to not get coached. Um, oh, that's... Yeah. I think this is really good advice, not only in fitness, but just everywhere, right? Like, you know, if you're uh, if you're a business owner um, outside of fitness, it's like you can be mentored or coached by someone else that has a different perspective. Um, if you're a coach yourself and you're just like exploring fitness, um, there's some there's some really good things that uh, that that come with being coached in the thing that you're an expert at. Um, and those reasons are uh, it's it's a fresh perspective. Um, it's someone to look at what you're doing through a different lens. Um, it's someone to look at what you're doing through their own biases and their own experiences. Cause no matter how knowledgeable you are, or I am, we don't have that person's biases and experiences. There might be some bad or some baggage that comes along with those things, but there could also be some really good things that come along with that. Um, and the learning and growth, uh, can take place through that new perspective. And, you know, I don't think that, um, I think it was she, I don't think she was saying this. Uh, in saying that like everyone should be coached at all times uh, there's like uh, it, it might be beneficial to go through like seasons of getting coached right and I don't, I'm the, I don't mean like competitive seasons I just mean like seasons in life of getting coached in, in certain things um, with with like intentions behind why you're getting coached um, you know some people get coached because they have an intention to reach a goal maybe that goal is to get stronger to get uh, to, to build some, uh, to, to have, have accountability, to build, uh, um, like rhythm and, uh, and consistency in, in their health and their fitness. Some might do it to learn from that coach, right? Like I think there's a lot of, of different reasons for someone to get coached in fitness. Um, but just be aligned with those intentions. And a lot of those intentions actually do have end dates with them. Um, if your intentions is, I don't want to think about this and I want to get coached for the rest of my life. It's like, cool. Those are your intentions. Move forward with it. Make sure that you and your coach are aligned with those things. If your intentions are, Hey, I want to learn as much as I can from you. I think that's going to be about, you know, a year, maybe two max of us working together. Awesome. Be really clear with those intentions. So your coach can be clear and aligned with those. So your coach can make sure that they're giving you that for that year, those two years before you're out the door. Definitely. I mean, I think coaching can look a little bit different depending on what your intention of getting coached looks like as well. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the beginning, it might be write my program so I can blindly follow it. As that evolves, um, for fitness coaches specifically, they might might hire a coach not to like design every single A and B, but maybe you've got someone that's like laying out a split for you or some initial ideas, and you're mm -hmm. actually working on that design process together. Yeah. Uh, maybe you have a coach like not in physical fitness, someone who's not your fitness coach, but you have a business coach or you have a sport coach or someone in a different area who's still that kind of sounding board yep. uh, for all things. So I think uh, it's always beneficial to have someone to turn to who is a coach or a mentor role. It just might not always be your classic like coach client relationship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Talk about individual design, right? Um, you know, clients are looking for different things in a coach. Definitely. Um, just make sure that that shit is really, really clear because you don't want to have a client that's looking for like, they're like, uh, you know, they know that you're you're uh, you're pretty smart when it comes to business, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna get some business advice from this coach, and the coach is like, I'm just coaching you in your fitness, right? And there's like malalignment there in that coach-client relationship. Um, we say it a bunch of times, but uh, just make sure that there's there's alignment and expectations are really clear in terms of like. Uh, what is the what is the exchange of goods here? Yeah. Um, you know what what is what is the actual service offering here? Of course. So another one that stood out to me um, came in from I think I'm guessing her name is Sophie. Her handle was like at Sophie Uh But she said, "Don't re 
don't neglect your rest days and more is not better, which is some very common advice. Like I see that thrown out a fair amount um, on social media in the fitness space as like solid advice. I just think it depends on the person, right? Um, How you take that advice to heart. Uh, It may be incredibly relevant. Like if Sophie is training for a very specific goal, if she's a like performance athlete, um, she definitely needs to take rest days. Like she needs to make sure she's having adequate time to recover between training sessions. And it may be that more is not better. Like we've had this conversation a few times, Carl, around like strength program design and a big mistake coaches make is like thinking that more is better. It definitely isn't if strength is the goal. But there are some other goals where more may actually be better for that one fitness goal. So I think it's a really good example where we do throw out a lot of uh, advice. And again, with this post, we were asking people for their specific advice. Mm -hmm. But just know that like what is good advice for one person might actually not be great advice for you. If you're someone who just like kind of does 30 minutes of full body resistance training and then like does 30 minutes of biking another day, you might not actually need a rest day. Like you may be able to neglect rest days and that might actually be what's best for you because it means you can get in some like easy daily movement every day. Uh, So yeah, again, incredibly probably very relevant advice for this person that made this post but just a good reminder to take everything with a grain of salt yeah i think you said it right but it depends on what the heck are you doing right like what does your program look like because uh, we could lay out a bunch of programs in front of us and and ask a bunch of questions on those programs right like um and not even knowing who it's for right like we could just look at programs and say like ooh, they're pushing the envelope here or wow, this person or any person could probably do a program like this forever, seven days a week, right? Like um, there's not a lot of stuff going on there, which is not a bad thing. Um, And some programs might look like, you know, a couple days in the gym and some like very uh, specific uh, outdoor activity pieces that are like pseudo programmed in, right? Where you're just like, yeah, someone can, you know, still move their bodies seven days a week. Um, But I also think it's important, and you've said this as well, that this advice and any advice is is relevant depending on the person that's receiving the advice and where that person is right of course um because this like don't neglect your rest days uh more is not better that would have actually been really good advice for me as well at a point right like right now that's not great advice for me because i'm just like okay cool good to know right but there was a point uh in my in my my own fitness journey where I would have called that really good advice as well. So I do think it's uh, it's it's at the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. Uh, let's do just quickly one more each. So give me one more you liked, Carl. Um, ooh, yeah, I'll be quick on this one. If you're not learning, you're dying. Um, this one sounds great. Um, I agree to this, uh, but again, it it needs it needs context. Um, so learning first, learning is a very very broad term. Um, I think when most people think about learning, they're just like okay, I'm doing this course or I'm sitting in on this thing and I'm like very intently learning to do this, eh, right? Um, so if that's the case, I think uh, I think there should be seasons of learning for most people. And the reason is, is because some people get really burned out when they're like intently learning something, like when they're like all in. So just imagine like going through CCP for the rest of your life, right? It's like being on a call every week and, you know, having coursework that you have to get through. It's like, people have an end in sight with something like that, right? So that's like they're in their season of learning. And when we talk about like uh, we just talked about, we're going to hit the last call in the next few weeks here. Uh, When we hit that call, it always comes up like, okay, what now? Right. And it's like, take a step back, uh, be okay with not like downloading new information into your brains for a little bit and just go out and just do the thing, right? Like just go and, and, and 
practice what you already learned. Um, where if we're if someone were to say take this advice at at face value, if you're not learning, you're dying. Someone might be really uncomfortable with that with that advice from me, saying like, take a step back, don't worry about like putting more information in your brain and just go and do. Um, they're like, but I'm not learning. But you are right. So that's why I agree with this this um, this advice. Uh, because we don't only we don't only learn through coursework, right? We don't only learn by going through uh, uh, very specific education. We can learn by reading a couple times a week on a nightly basis. We can learn by working with people and learning from something every every day that we work with those individuals. We can learn by writing new program designs and thinking of new things when we write those new program designs. We can learn when we review program designs and we're like, ooh, that went awesome. Like, let me put that in the back of my head or that did not go too well. Why did that not go too well? There's some learnings that come along with all of that. So um, although that's good advice, I would say that uh, we, we have to be really clear on what learning means. Um, and it doesn't always have to be like intent learning. Um, and I just put something here. I found that more knowledge um, in most people' brains, in most people's brains, actually uh, make them less happy. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind as well. And I'm not saying like stop learning things, but um, some of the smartest people that I know are also the most nihilistic people that I know. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, um, you know, you know so much where everything is bad. If that makes sense, right? Um, so don't become don't become one of those people where you're just like so smart, you know absolutely everything that uh, nothing really matters and you don't actually believe in anything. (laughs) This is good advice. Okay, last one I liked uh, was just start, which is very simple advice. And you do see a lot of people putting off goals, putting off starting a new fitness program for Monday or for New Year's or whatever it might be. I just wanted to add to this one, like just start with what you're capable with because so many people see that like great advice like don't wait for monday just start like very motivating catchphrases and they're like all in they're trying to do it all at once they you know go for the most intense version of what healthy behaviors might look like without thinking about what does it mean after day one you know how do i go from just starting to enduring and Mm -hmm. keeping this thing going for the long term so i would say just start is great advice but make sure you're just starting right next to your current capabilities love it yeah. Nothing to add there. So, uh, guys, again, remember, we do have that special $500 off offer for you for CCP. Just make sure you mention that you are a Backroom Talk listener when you go ahead and you schedule your coach advisor call and jump on the call with them, and they will make sure that they hook you up with that deal. Carl would love to have you in the uh, upcoming cohort to have some conversations. So, uh, you can look forward to that. Yeah, really would. I mean, yeah, we're really looking forward to this next cohort. It's going to be a lot different than anything we've ever done while still giving the great information that we've always given. All right, guys. Well, again, make sure you go ahead and you click that link in description, apply to CCP and uh, join us in the new cohort. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.